Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Taking sides, we're taking over. Yeah. Love God, love people, love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Because I'm unconditionally loved by God and that harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing. I want you to look at one scripture real quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 2. says this. You are our epistle. Say, I'm a letter. You are our epistle or letter written in our hearts, known and read. Watch this by all men. Everybody's standing with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. I want you to read this together. One, two, ready, read. Look at your name and say, 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 people are reading you. Say, right now. Uh-huh. Say, 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 be careful how you handle your test. Because somebody's reading your letter. Somebody's watching your story. And I think it's a few folk at this 915 that say, if somebody's watching, I'm going to give them something to watch. If somebody's studying, I'm going to give them something to study. I might fall, but watch me get back up. I might crumble, but watch me put my... Father, over these next few moments, customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, that we will move and walk in everything you've ordained. We thank you that it is so in Jesus' name. Everybody sit. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Today we start a new life-giving message series called This Is My Story because we all have a story. And this series asks the question, what's yours? Look at your neighbor and say, what's yours? Now, the truth is we'd all answer that different ways. Some of us from places of triumph, some of us from places of trouble, uh, some from the mountains that we've conquered, and others we'd answer that question from the valleys that we're still walking through. But the purpose of the question is to cause us to evolve how we view our past failures, mistakes, dumb decisions, losses, and even regrets. I think there's some honest people at this 915 that can say, I've made some bad decisions. Matter of fact, they weren't just bad, they were dumb. 
where the honest people at? I think there's some people that say, I've made some mistakes, I've had some failure, and truth be told, even right now, there are some things you might be looking back in your life with regret. And that's why 2 Corinthians 3, 2 says, you are an epistle. That means a letter or a story that's written in somebody's heart, known and read by all men. And that means, watch this, 915, all of your life. Somebody say, all of my life. That means the good, the bad, and the ugly are a letter that's written to somebody else as an example of what to do and more often than not an example of what not to do. I think there's a few of us that in life we've looked back and said, had I known then what I know now, I would have done differently. I came to set you free from your past. I came to set you free from your failures. I came to set you free from your mistakes. The reality is that was them. You did it, but this is now. And when you got up this morning, you got new mercy. And when you got up this morning, you got new grace stop looking back over your yesterday and just say this is my story it, it may have some bad parts may have some good parts may have some valleys may have some mountains but you know what it is it is my story uh, that's a great majority of what the Bible is. It's God teaching us lessons through their stories about him and what happens when they followed his word and what happens when they didn't follow his word. Sometimes, watch this, they were learning the lesson as they lived it. But we can learn the lesson by reading the story. And I want to open up this series by talking about two Simons. Somebody say two Simons. Now, here's the trip about it. They didn't know that they were stories that were being written. They didn't know that they were letters that would be read one day, except for the fact that thousands of years later, we're still talking about people that lived, but lived in such a way that God Almighty thought that their story was worth recording. I want to ask you a question. Are you living in such a way that God Almighty would look at your story and say it's worth recording? I know somebody might say, Bishop, I've made a ton of mistakes. It's not worth recording. You don't understand God. It is, watch this, all of your mistakes, all of your failures, all of your past issues that make your story worth recording. Nobody wants to read this story. Everything was great. They never had a problem to end. Born, you know what we want to read? Day one. It was a cold, dark, rainy evening. And he was in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. It looked like they were going down for the count. Everybody else walked out on him. Everybody else gave up on him. Then, all of a sudden, somehow, somewhere, I'm going to tell you it's your jacked up stuff that makes your story worth reading. It's your messed up stuff that makes your story worth reading. Would you slap your neighbor, high five, say it's your valleys that make your story worth reading? Well, I says, I want to I start out with two Simons. Say two Simons. Not two chains, two Simons. Watch this. The first is Simon Bar-Jonah. Uh, th uh, this means Simon, the son of Jonah. He's one of Jesus' 12 ruling apostles. These were 12 that were in charge. There were more than 12 apostles. There were only 12 that were ruling or in charge. You can't have too many chiefs and not enough Indians. You can't have a bunch of people in charge of a bunch of stuff, but, uh, and they got less followers than they do uh, have leaders. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, check this out. Uh, he is one of Jesus' 12 ruling apostles that Jesus later gave him the surname Peter. So in the Bible, he's often called Simon Peter. Say it with me. Amen. Or also Cephas. That means the rock. Now, through John's gospel, he's introduced in John chapter 1, verse 41. It says this. Uh, he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is the Christ. Verse 42, and he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, uh, you say it with me, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone or a rock. So he says, listen, 
He says, uh, I need to add something to your name because your current name won't tell your total story. Okay, say two Simons. Uh, the other Simon is Judas Iscariot. He is one of Jesus' 12 ruling apostles who was actually Jesus' CFO according to John chapter 12. He was stealing from Jesus the entire duration of Jesus' three and a half year ministry whose bad choice to steal snowballed into betrayal that would ultimately cause Judas to end his life through self-destruction. Through God's gospel, or John's gospel, we see the Simonian connection, if you will. In John chapter 6, verse 70 watch this Jesus answered them did I not choose you the 12 and one of you is a devil verse 71 of chapter 6 he spoke this of Judas Iscariot you read it the son of Simon here it is two Simons Simon the son of Jonah Judas Iscariot the son of Simon Iscariot so now we see that two out of the 12 have something in common and that is Simon it says, he who would betray him, watch this, being one of the 12. So I'm going to get right into the meat of the message today. Here's the first point for my note takers. And if you're not taking notes, take notes. We share similar stories for God's glory. The reality is, is you've got far more in common with who you're sitting next to than you do apart. Now, Simon Peter is Simon, and Judas Iscariot is the son of Simon. So hidden in their names is that they share a similar story, and they both had a similar past, and that's why the Bible takes the time to tell us their names. But watch this. One Simon is famous for having a great comeback story. The other is infamous for being a traitor to Jesus. In fact, the word Iscariot means traitor. And in fact, when we think of anybody that's ever betrayed us, we often call them a Judas, who is the son of Simon. Somebody say two Simons. Both Simons had the same leader, which is why you cannot judge the quality of a leader by the failure of their followers. And the same is true for us, not just natural leaders, but spiritual leaders and even God. Do not judge God as unfaithful through the lenses of somebody else's story. Stop looking at somebody else's life and say, why would God let this happen? Well, maybe it's not an issue with God that's the leader. Maybe it's an issue with them that's the follower. Watch this. We all share a similar story, and ultimately it's all for God's glory. But check this out, 915. How our story evolves and its evolution is to go from the inferior to the superior. See, here's what your story does. It's got peaks and it's got valleys, but at the end of the day, it should be an evolving story. Meaning it goes from the lesser to the greater. See, watch this. Here's how we think life goes. Straight up. That's not how it goes. It's like this. You kind of got them times where you just stuck. Then you step into a worship experience and harvest, then it comes in. But watch this. If I measure the totality of my story, at the end of the day, I've still been evolving. Even when I lost, it really wasn't lost. I just learned a lesson. Even when I fell back, it really wasn't falling back. I was just being pulled back so I could be launched for. Somebody say, I need an evolutionary story. Now, watch this, watch this. How our story evolves is determined by how we handle our challenges, our struggle, and how much of our background we allow to shape our foreground. Well, watch this, watch this. Simon, check it out. Here it is. Here's where the meat gets good. Somebody say it's about to get good. Well, watch this. Simon in Greek, that's the language of our New Testament, it means, watch this, snub-nosed. 
That means he has a turned up nose. So hidden in both of their names, we see the scandal develop in their story. They both think too highly of themselves. They had something in common. And what they had in common was that they were both arrogant. They were both prideful. And this often happens. Watch this. I know you don't think that's you. And sometimes that's an indication that it is you. The stuff you try to prove isn't you. It got real quiet right through there. Okay, watch this. This often happens because of two polar opposites. Uh, people get snub-nosed. They turn their nose up. You know what that means? I'm too good to be taught. I I'm too good to be coached. Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. I'm the... I said, I said, say two polar opposites. Well, I said, I said, this, you can become snub-nosed and not know it, and it'd be hidden in your name. It'd be hidden in your story. What do you mean, Bishop? It often happens because of two polar opposites. One, you've achieved a lot, and you stop being a student. And once you start accomplishing stuff, your greatest challenge is going to be to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Chickity, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because something is bad for your health. I don't remember the other part of the line in between there. Well, I says, well, I says. And when you start achieving a lot, you be can become unteachable. That's polar opposite. That's, the, that's this polar. That's North Pole. Say North Pole. Here's South Pole. You've achieved nothing. So the only thing you have is a snub nose. Because the most unsuccessful people are often the most unteachable people. So the only thing they have is pride. Because they never built anything. They've never accomplished anything. They've never done anything of any significance. So the only thing they have is their pride. So they become snub-nosed because that's all they got. Or they become snub-nosed because they got more than that. Which pretty much means, touch your neighbor, say, everybody on this row could have some Simon. But today. Ooh, it got quiet right there. I, maybe you thought I came to play. See, 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 see. Here, here's what we got to understand. If you're really going to develop a great story, it's like seeing a woman that makes tons of bad relationship decisions and she's so arrogant, she won't listen to anybody say, you're about to do it again. It's like seeing a man that has had failure after failure after failure after failure. And you try to warn him, hey, son, watch out. That's crazy. You're going to fail again. I got this. No, you don't. Now, if you apply this to yourself, and I think there's some honest people at this church today. If you will apply this to yourself, there's some areas where you've gotten a little snub-nosed. Okay, I wish I had some honest folks. Would you slap your neighbor, high five, say he's talking to you. Yeah, there are some areas you become unteachable, some areas you become uncoachable, either because you've done a lot or you've done nothing. And it's hit us all. If they could be around God and still have it, who in the world are we? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Here's what's funny about the name Simon in Hebrew. 
In Greek, it means snub nose. In Hebrew, the language of the Old Testament, it means to hear and listen. So really, God is speaking to us through them so that our story is more like Simon Peter's instead of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Because they both had major scandals, but only one bounced back. Which Simon will you be? Which Simon are you? They both failed. Only one of them bounced back. And I just think there's a few folk in here. Y'all can say, I got some areas, I made some mistakes, I've had some failures, but I choose not to be Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. I choose to be Simon Peter, which means, baby, I'm in my bounce back. I tell you to shake your neighbor's home like you're going to shake it off, say, I'm in my bounce back, effective immediately. Wrong neighbor, try somebody else, forget them. Touch them, grab them by the arm, say, I'm in my bounce back, effective immediately. Yep. Yeah, I failed. I had some issues. I messed up over here, messed up over there. But today I announce a bounce back. So here it is. How do I bounce back, Bishop? After I've had some failure because I've been unteachable, I've been uncoachable. I've not listened to counsel. I prayed, got an answer, and said, Lord, give me another answer because I don't like that answer. Because you know what prayer does? Here's what prayer really does. Everybody pick up your phone. Pick up your phone. If your neighbor doesn't do it, punch him. They waved the right when they came in here to do anything to you, so got to read them signs out there. <laughs> okay, put it on your phone. Okay, now flip the phone toward you. Watch this. That's what prayer does. You're not really praying until God says, look at you, though. It ain't prayer, watch this, when it's like, it's his fault, his fault, his fault, his fault, their fault, their fault, their fault. It's really prayer when God says, I heard everything you said, now let's deal with you. Mikey said it like this, I'm dealing with the man or the woman in the mirror. You know you started to evolve when you ain't blaming other folk, but you're looking at yourself. Watch this, watch this. So here's how you do it. Did you look at yourself? See, real prayer, real spirituality, for everybody so spiritual. You know, Tall, you, 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 and, you and the Lord went to lunch yesterday. Here's how you know you're really spiritual. Is that whenever there's an issue, whenever there's a failure, whenever there's a mistake, you're not blaming everybody else. You're saying, it was me. Snub-nosed people won't admit it was them. Which is why God will make a story out of you and say, Listen! Do you want to be Simon Iscariot's son, Judas? Or do you want to be Simon Peter? Say, so how do I do it, Bishop? Second point, you got to handle your scandal. I think Thursday nights have returned, have they? Yes. Both Simons go through times of testing that would be nothing short of an episode of scandal today. Anybody ever watch that show? Anybody ever heard of somebody else watching the show? Because then you're like... I know you want us to think you just watch Christian videos and messages all day. Thank God, watch this, let me throw this in here, that he covers you while your story is in the midst of scandal. See, I don't know about you, but I've made some mistakes. I've had some failures. I've done some great, any other witnesses in him. And I'm so glad that he covers me. What's that? That's called grace and that's called mercy. Where he says, well, I'm working on you. I'm just going to cover you. And they won't even know all of what it is you're processing through and going through. Here it is. Say, handle my scandal. Both of them have these two times. We're going to look at both of them. Luke 22 and 2, it says this. Now, the first one we're going to deal with is Judas. 
the son of Simon Iscariot. Say two Simons. They both went through these great tests that are tantamount to scandal. Scandal just means, oh my God, really? Whoo. They both did it. One of them became great. One of them did not. Same background, same leadership, same pedigree. One of them is a loser. One of them is a failure. One of them is the head. One of them is the tail. One of them is blessed. One of them is cursed. One is on top. One is on bottom. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, watch this. Luke 22 and 2. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Whenever people fear you, they will attempt to assassinate you. Not literally, but through your character. Verse 3. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed what? Iscariot who was numbered among the twelve, so that he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains so he might betray him to them. Watch verse 4. So he went his way. See, the reason most people never bounce back is they keep doing it their way. It's like you come to church only to get confirmation of your error. You don't come to be corrected. You don't come for the word to challenge you. You come for the word to, yes, but I knew I was right the whole time. I knew I've never done anything wrong ever. I knew it was just that man I married. Seven of them? Maybe it wasn't all of them. I, I knew it was just this. I knew it was just that. So he went what? His way. So, so there's the lesson right there. You can't do it your way. But notice he says how he might betray him to them. Now, entered is this Greek word, esarkomai, which means like eating food. A thought enters Judas's mind. So watch this. Food is fuel, and it fuels whatever's already present. So if there's a fear of rejection, watch this. Food does what? Fuel it. When we eat, we should not. Now, most of us, when we eat, we are eating for joy. We're eating to relieve stress. Y'all not saying nothing. We are eating to relieve pain. We are eating because the bread is so good and we just need one more piece. I wish I could get four or five witnesses in here. I ain't too proud to tell you, I, me and bread got a thing going on. But I had to lay aside every weight. <laughs> well, uh, what's this? What's this? It, we're supposed to eat to fuel us. Okay? So, so, so the purpose of eating is so that we have fuel so that we can now be productive and then we eat more to be productive. But we don't eat for the sake of eating. We eat to be fueled. Now check this out. Food is fuel, and it fuels whatever's present. So if your natural body, when you begin to eat, you're fueling what's already present. So check this out. When the scripture says that Satan entered Judas, he was saying Satan fed what was there. So, so if you got a fear of rejection, it fuels that. If you got low self-esteem, it fuels that. So Satan's seed into Judas was fueled to Judas' fear of rejection from Jesus because he had to be worried Jesus would find out he'd been stealing from him. In John chapter 12, verses 5 and 6, uh, they'll throw it up for you. You don't have to flip there. I'll tell you what it says. Uh, Judas complains to the others because this woman comes and she uses this expensive perfume and she anoints Jesus' feet. And, G and Judas is like, I can't believe she used that on his feet. She's like, why would, he put, why would she put that on his feet? Because Judas, as any good thief, was trying to figure out how he could use it for his own advantage. Everybody around you ain't counting the same count you counting. Okay. He says, why would this fragrant oil not sold for 300 and I and given to the poor? This he said, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a what? Thief. 
and he had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. So Judas is now Jesus' CFO. Got it? And Satan looks at Judas one day, takes him out the offering. Amen. Got real quiet right there. They didn't have text to give. They didn't have online giving. They didn't have a mobile app. So everything had to go into the basket. And when Judas would take them baskets, Judas would be like, one for Jesus, two for me. And because Peter was so snub-nosed, he wasn't doing his job to watch out when the money was being taken out. Separate, separate point. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Now, check this out. So Satan studies Judas and the whole Iscariot bloodline to know where they felt most vulnerable because to be appointed CFO by Jesus, I don't think the Jews start, Judas started out disloyal. So when Satan sowed, it grew quickly because he figured that once Jesus knew who he really was and what he was really doing, that Jesus would reject him. Why? Because he comes from a name that means traitor, which means all he watched was people be unfaithful. Okay. All he watched was people say A but do 43. So when that's all you've watched, that's all you know. So all Satan had to do was say, have another bite. And when he took another bite, he fueled what was present. Therefore, we can conclude that Judas' betrayal was caused because of his fear of rejection from Jesus because of a seed that Satan had sowed. So now, his defining moment when he could have gotten it right. You remember John was sitting up with Jesus, and John, Jesus was like, one of you is going to betray me at dinner. And John, who was Jesus' beloved, who I like reading John, because John tells you all the inside information. The rest of them are giving you like, and day one this happened, and day two this happened, and day three. But John is like, look, after that, we went back and had a meeting. And Jesus was like this and that and the other. So John tells the story. John is like, me and Jesus were sitting at the table. We leaned back. You know, you know John. Everybody know a John. The sensationalist, everybody know a John. Child. Look, I'm going to tell you, look, look. So John and Judas lean, or John and Jesus lean back. And he's like, Jesus, for real, one of these guys is going to betray you? Who is it? Jesus like, lean back. They lean with him. Jesus was like, watch this, watch this, John. The man that puts his hand in the cup the same time I do. Then Judas just... Snub-nosed, pushed his hand in the cup at the same time. And John is like, no, Jesus, no, not Judas. Judas, Jesus. I never even saw this coming. Judas, Jesus, it's got to be somebody else. He's like, nah, it's him. Think about it. Judas had so much opportunity to say, Jesus, hey, I've been talking to some people I have no business talking to. Um, can you just forgive me? But he's so snub-nosed that he has to see his scandal be his destruction. Because in the middle of it, when he could have stopped it, he didn't stop it. I want to ask you a question. If you look back over your story, where did you see things going wrong, but you did nothing about it? Oh, God, I wish I had some honest people here. Where did you see things begin to turn left and turn right and go directions they have no business going, but you did nothing about it? Well, I came today to be the interruption for you. There's some stuff you can already see needs to get in alignment, needs to get in order. And rather than ignoring it, somebody say, I'm going to handle it. 
got a handle your scandal. But then watch this. Peter, Peter, Simon Peter dealt with one. We're almost through. Y'all with me? Simon Peter dealt with one. And Luke 22, 31. There's Judas's scandal. He didn't handle it. He just saw it all the way through. And you know when he was sorry? When it was too late. And he wasn't even really sorry. He was just more so mad that he now didn't have a money supply. <laughs> okay. Luke twenty two thirty one. Okay, let me, let me just, I'll say that for then. Luke twenty two thirty one. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, snub nose, snub nose. Listen, listen. Indeed, Satan asked for you that he might sift you as wheat. So he's like, Petey, better go down. The devil wants you. And here's what you think Jesus would say. But I told him no. You can't have my Simon. You know what Jesus says? Same thing he's been saying to you when you ask out your valley. Same thing he says to you and say, Lord, would you just change my story? He said, it will evolve if you keep on walking. It will evolve if you get through this valley. He says, verse 32, I pray for you, though. Can you imagine going to God? Like, Lord, please, God, get me out of this. I'm praying for you. Pray? I pray to you. How are you praying for me? But I prayed for you that your faith would not fail you. Because there's some things Jesus says, I'm not going to stop it. You're just going to have to pray through it. There's some things you're just going to have to deal with. There's some things you're just going to have to handle. You're going to have to handle your scandal. That your faith should not fail. But watch this next part. This could shout me really good. When I say shout me, that means run me off the stage real fast and come back up. He says, and when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. He said, Peter, your story's about to get real scandalous because you're supposed to be a rock, Peter, but you didn't act like the rock I made you to be. So you're going to act crazy for a few days, Peter, but I got some good news for you, Peter. Your story's going to be turned around and used for my glory because you're going to come back and strengthen somebody else. Would you stop your neighbor, high five, say, handle your scandal. He, sa he, says, he says, Satan has demanded you for trial. That's what those words mean in Greek. Things of our New Testament. He says he wants you for trial because he wants to sift you. Like what? Wheat. Here's what wheat sifting does. So what does it do, Bishop? It shakes off the inedible part so that only the edible part remains. What does that mean, Bishop? Practically. It shakes off all of the bad nouns. People, places, things, and ideas so that only the good nouns remain. See, watch this. You're going to go through some stuff. You're going to go through some scandal. I wish I had some witnesses in here. You've already been through something. Here's what God says. When you go through it, don't be like Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. You need to be like Simon Peter. Once you get sifted, come out stronger. Once you get sifted, come out better. Once you get sifted, come out with power. I wish there was a witness in here that said, Lord, I've been sifted, but I'm coming back stronger. I've been sifted, but when I return, I'll strengthen my brethren. Peter was the wheat, but his snub nose was the pride. And Jesus didn't change his mind about Peter, so he allowed him to be sifted. 
Did you get that? Now, now, but Jesus said, but I prayed for you. Say, he's praying for me. He said, you're just going to have to walk it out. You made that decision. You're just going to have to walk it out. You, dealt, you, you said all that stuff. I have to walk it out. Can I get a witness here? But how many of us, there, there's some stuff. And if you got to do it on the north side, you got to do it just north side, walk it out. And if you made your mistake on the south side, you just got to south side, walk it out. If you do it on the east side, you just got to east side, walk it out. And if you did it on the west side, you just got to west side, walk it out. Tell me, like, what is he talking about? Nothing. Don't worry about it. How many Simons? Two. Which one are you? To handle your scandal, you got to do the third point. We're done. You have to own your oops. These are super simple points. Because I want you to just be able to put this into practice immediately. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Say, own my oops. Matthew 7 and 3. How many Simons? Two. Which one are you? Which one are you? Because you're going to make bad decisions. You're human. You're going to do things your own way at some point. You're human. You're going to trip and fall at some point because that's just what humans do. That's what Jesus died for. The question is, what are you going to do next? Say, this is my story. Say it again. Say, this is my story. Matthew 7 and 3. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? But do not consider the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me help you remove the speck from your eye? And look, it's a plank in your own eye. Look at verse 5. Hypocrite. Now, hypocrite in scripture, most people think that means that you say one thing and do another thing. That's not what it means. Say, that's not what it means. Here's what hypocrite means. It means actor. It says you act like you get it, but you don't. You, you, let me, can I tell you, can I have a confession? These are my confessions. I hate when people talk to me and say, do you understand what I'm saying? And they say, yes, I understand what you're saying. And then when I look at what they did, I'm like, you clearly did not understand what I meant. Why didn't you just ask me that so we didn't waste time? Actor, you acted like you got it, but you didn't. And you knew you didn't get it because when you walked away, you were like, now what? We've all done that. You, you go somewhere and they say, everybody with this pass stand over here. Everybody with this pass stand over here. Okay. Now what did she say? Now if I had this pass. Actor. So when Jesus says hypocrite, he says you're acting. He says you're acting like you get it, but you don't get it. Because if you got it, you would have located your log before you tried to speculate about their speck. Are you hearing this? He says, he says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? But you do not consider, so you do not consider the plank in your own eye. And then look what he says. And then you even tell your brother, I'm going to get that speck up out your eye. <laughs> he says, first, somebody say first. See, here's how you own your oops. First. You deal with your own baggage. You deal with your own drama. 
See, let me tell you what would win some of your family that doesn't come to church. Let me tell you what would win. Rather than you going and going to them and talking about, let me tell you what Bishop preached today, and you need to be doing this, and you need to come to church, and you need to be, here's what you need to say. I learned something about me today. I learned that sometimes I'm snub-nosed, and sometimes I'm unteachable, and you know what? You may want to consider this for yourself, because I learned a whole lot about me today. Once you start locating your log, they'll want to hear what you have to say about their spec. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say about their spec while you're constantly ignoring your log. You've got a forest up here. And they got a two by four. And the reason they won't hear you is because they're like, have you looked at yourself lately? It's quiet in the church. <laughs> Here it is. Let's, walk, let's wrap it up. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Say, own my oops. Say it again. Say, own my oops. Anybody made some oopses over the last nine months? Okay. Okay. Own it. You know what own it means? It was me. My fault. It's my issue. I did that wrong. I, I was the one that sat there and got all the information I needed and left. Now, what'd they say? Two Simons. Which one are you? Bishop, what do you mean he owned his oops? Luke twenty-two sixty-two. 62. Watch what Peter did. Watch what Peter did. Simon Peter. I like him. Because Jesus said, you're going to act crazy for a little bit. So let me tell you what you do when you get back. He said, because I'm pre-planning your bounce back. He said, let me tell you what you're going to do. You're going to strengthen your brethren. And do you not know when Peter came back? Peter came back with a vengeance. On one day, Petey wins 3,000 people to Jesus. Watch this. A couple of months earlier, he looked like he was down for the count. It looked like somebody else was rising up. But because he owned his because today you're going to own your, today you're going to own your, today you're going to own your, oh, watch this, watch this, here it is, I'm ready to preach, Luke twenty-two sixty-two. 62. So Peter went out, this is after he denies Jesus, because Peter's like, I'll never leave you, Lord. He's like, man, please, let me tell you what's going to happen today. You're going to deny me three times, and then, cock-a-doodle-doo. And that'll be my sign to you that you ain't nothing but a hypocrite. And once you quit doing that and own your oops, come see me. So Peter went out. This is after he does that. He's in the middle of his scandal. Look at what the verse says. He went out, put it up, and he did what? He what? He did what? Here's what that phrase, what bitterly means. He repented. You know that your story is getting ready to improve when you own your oops and say, all of that was me. Peter, after he did that, the Bible says he wept bitterly. Jesus wasn't there, so he couldn't do it to Jesus, so he had to do it by himself. The Bible says that he wept bitterly. Somebody say he wept bitterly. After he denied Jesus, after all that talk, he repented, so he owned his what? And he came back with a vengeance. But here's the problem. Nowhere in the Bible do we see Judas do this. Nowhere do we see. I'm good. If they, if they won't get this, if they, if this I, I'm good. Judas was so snub-nosed. Never got it. It's quiet in the 915. You know what Judas does? Instead, Judas hangs himself. 
And he sinks with his scandal because he doesn't own his oops like Simon Peter did. Two Simons. Which one are you? Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot? Are you Simon Peter? I just want you to close your eyes real quick. I want to end it like this. Close your eyes. If your neighbor's not closing your eyes, punch him. But then you're a hypocrite because your eyes should be closed. So you're acting. And I'm just joking when I say that in church. So I hope no one really gets offended by that. If you do, be encouraged. Go ahead. Say, Lord, give me the grace to own every oops. Two Simons. Similar stories. Both for your glory. But only one handled his scandal. Only one owned his oops. I've had some oops. Lots of oops. Oops. Did it again. But I choose for my story to evolve from this day. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.